You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Welcome to a Supply Side East edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I am on site in Secaucus, New Jersey, and I'm happy to be sitting with Mark Potocinek, who is the CFO of Herbally Yours. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Sandy. And we are going to talk about DSHEA, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, which passed in 1994. It is the 25th anniversary of DSHEA, so uh, Insider celebrating by uh, having a series of podcasts, among other things. Herbal Yours is a custom contract manufacturer. It makes liquid products, therapeutic creams and lotions, powders, capsules, botanical extracts, skincare, and more for supplement and food brands in the health and nutrition industry. He is a physician by training. He's been involved in the natural products industry for 15 years. He's got a focus on marketing, technological improvements, and the implementation of certification programs. So I thought he would be a perfect person to talk to about Deshay. Uh, so Mark... As a contract manufacturer, you must work with Deshaies every day. How does this law affect what you guys do? So Deshaies, when it passed back in 1994, uh, shaped the industry and gave us actually a legal path to uh, 25 CFR 111, which regulates what we do on a daily basis. It kind of narrowed down what we can do and what we can do. It helped us understand what is the regulatory means we need to achieve to make a product that would be suitable for consumption. Right, right. So uh, I looked on the website and I saw that Herbal Yours was established in 93. That's correct, right? That is correct. So that's the year before Deshay passed. Um, so you had a little bit uh, but under your belt before the law. So did, did the passage of it change the way the company operated? So Deshay was passed in 1994, just a year after Herbal Yours was yours was open. At that time, the industry was booming, and there was a growing need and a support in the uh, public for dietary supplements. However, they weren't regulated, they weren't uh, defined well, and Herbal Yours jumped in. We wanted to join the train of uh, dietary supplements, especially coming from a medical and uh, pharmaceutical background. So it didn't change the way we operate. It kind of helped us understand better where do we fit in a supply chain mm-hmm. of the so time. before 93, before Herbally Yours opened, were, were you in the dietary supplement business? I mean, you were a physician. What were, what were you doing? Before that, I was a physician. Uh-huh. Actually, I was still in medical school then. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. But the owners and founders of the company were in the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. All right. Interesting. So... Deshay gave FDA the authority to establish GMPs, or Good Manufacturing Practices for Dietary Supplements. Uh, The agency issued those GMPs in 2007. So how did your manufacturing practices change after GMPs, if if any, after they were issued? So coming from that medical and pharmacological background, we were ready and kind of hoping that the CFRs would come earlier. Mm -hmm. Because Herbal Yours was established as a... It was a joke that we are an analytical lab with oversized production facility (laughs) attached to it. So it didn't change much the way we operated. It just helped us understand better 
what was expected from us and what were the regulations needed to operate daily. And did you feel like it helped even the playing field to to it did to have other manufacturers rise to the level? It actually gave us that competitive edge because for years we were expensive, mm-hmm. non-competitive, just because of the testing needed and all the expenses associated with the lab, operating lab at the same time. Right. But once the CFR were passed and became uh, obligatory on a daily basis, they kind of evened the uh, playing field and helped us. Right. Come to where we are today. So how have G, how has your implementation of GMPs changed in the 12 years since they've been issued? So since uh, 2007, yeah. when they were issued, on the beginning there was very uh, limited knowledge of mm-hmm. how to use and how to operate. And there was not much support nor knowledge from the other sides of the industry. So we will be using equipment that's uh, strictly manufactured for uh, pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. or food companies. And I feel there is overgrowing support from the other companies, from uh, manufacturers of the machinery, laboratory machinery, production, software people who are getting better educated on the needs of the dietary supplement industry. And they're working with us better to uh, implement CFRs on a daily basis. It's so daily, still, still happening. Still happening. Still, still improving. So there's products now that are geared and manufactured directly to our industry. They are made for testing that we need to perform, from uh, herbal testing that was something we really didn't have equipment to do mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. Now there's more things to do. Yeah, now it's available. Right. So. You work with Deshaies, you obviously know it uh, pretty well. Is there anything that you would change about Deshaies if you could? So when Deshaies was passed in 1994, it was a great law. Mm-hmm. Because bef- there was really nothing before that defined what dietary supplements is. Right. However, it, in my opinion, it defined what dietary supplement is not, not right. what it is. So it kind of narrowed down, took out the drug portion on one side and the food on the other side and whatever is left in between it's what dietary supplement mm-hmm. is I mean even today we are in this awkward position where it's mandatory because of the share to put a supplement panel on, a, mm-hmm. on every product but a huge majority of uh, items listed on that do not have established USIDA mm-hmm. so are we taking enough or are we taking too much right you know, and this is a 25 years of, of, of industry, we gain enough knowledge and scientific data to confidently say, yeah, this is the recommended daily allowance of certain nutrient. All the RDAs on the back are basically food, food RDAs. You have them established for vitamins, you have them established for uh, minerals. Simple co- caffeine that we all take daily mm-hmm. doesn't have a limit. Yet we have cases when you know people are taking it that has no effects to it, and there are unfortunate cases when people overdose on the caffeine. Right. So yeah, I don't think we can ever establish IDA for ashwagandha or things like that. But you know, for something that we're taking so much and so often, right. maybe there should be like, okay, this product will contain 66.67 percent of US IDA for caffeine. Okay. You should not go to Starbucks afterwards. <laughs> right. <laughs> not right, a good idea. Right, right. So like an upper limit for some yeah. uh, some in- ingredients and then uh, RDA for others. And 
On the other hand, we are now obligatory to put a that magic box that says this product is not intended to cure, treat, diagnose, or prevent any disease. Right. Which, in majority of cases, it's true. But there are instances, again, 25 years is a long period and allow us to establish a huge amount of scientific research that we know now that certain nutrients do prevent diseases. Right. And maybe we need Disha 2.0, something that will allow us to say, okay, this particular nutrient will prevent a disease. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily cure, treat. That's uh, something we still need a lot of research on. It, it allows a lot of products that, I don't want to say useless, but they're pointless to, to enter the commerce. Okay. Just because we don't know if they do what they intended to do without establishing the US IDAs from them, without establishing proper data. So you, you think that the products are, are pointless or just that we can't conduct the research that shows their, their efficacy? Because it's not that the, most of the products are pointless. It's just that we don't know. Are we taking enough? Right. We don't know does the formulation actually. Yeah, we have a research from our side. You know, there's clinical research that says, okay, X amount of patients took this nutrient and they show this effect. But can we establish those? Can right. we put them on a, somewhere on the paper? I get that. I get that. So you're saying that the... You wish there was a way to explicitly show what an efficacious dose is on on a product so that when a consumer picks it up, knows that if it's going to have this much ashwagandha, that this is the effect that it's been shown to have for, you know, stress relief or whatever. But because there are no RDAs established for those or there's no requirement from FDA or from any other agency that... Uh, these brands need to have that on there that uh, consumers don't know and then companies can sprinkle in ashwagandha for instance and you know charge a premium when it it, they might not be effective yeah because all you have to do is put like a little small font on the bottom like now with ashwagandha (laughs) yes and all of a sudden it becomes a great product which is it enough right right so you wish that Tache had had that implemented in it as well Um, and you also think that we should be able to expand the, the claims beyond just uh, a structure function or approved health claims. Correct. Yeah. And also, uh, there's this overlapping group of product that's growing. We have water that's now enriched with vitamins. Water. Is that yeah. a dietary supplement now? Because <laughs> there are some products out there on the market that are like waters that they have more vitamins than a dietary supplement has. Right. Well, I mean, I would so. think the label, if it's, if it's a water, I would think that the label would have to be a, a nutrition facts panel, not a dietary supplement. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, again, it could have more than a multivitamin, as you said. So that's, that's just, you know, it's more defining what it is not than what it is, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It was great. It was a great act and helped us establish this industry. But it, then it's time to update we, it. We need an update. Yeah. All right. It's Excellent. like social media almost. You know, you <laughs> a few more congressional hearings and maybe... Maybe update it. Some Zuckerberg will show up. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we want Mark Zuckerberg no. establishing <laughs> the law. But <laughs> he didn't do a good yes, job. Yes, it definitely is a new era. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. 
You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.